passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 64, and a verse that caught, well, two verses that caught my heart yesterday as I was reading through this passage. It's a familiar passage. It's the passage where uh, we have the verse um, that uh, um, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's that, that context asking God to rend the heavens. That's the, the same context. In fact, we're going to start with that verse in Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 1. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll mention the two verses that really just kind of caught my attention as I was reading through there. And I think it, it's fitting to uh, a poem that um, Susan uh, Berger sent uh, here recently, and I'm just going to read a portion of the poem at the conclusion of this text. So Isaiah chapter 64, and I don't have necessarily an outline or application points. I just want us to kind of journey through this together, if we could. So, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. So let's pray, and then let's journey through these six verses together uh, before we then pray as a group. Father, you've brought us back together today. We left yesterday, some of us singing, Victory in Jesus, kind of an electronic fluke that happened yesterday that left several of us online and... and, um, Merle was uh, singing, and we just kind of joined in with her. It was a delight. It was a beautiful thing. And, but we thank you that our victory is only in Jesus. We, we know that the only hope that we have is Jesus working in hearts. And so as we read this text, we'd ask that you'd stir our hearts, work in our lives, but also bring revival, bring awakening, we ask. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Amen. So Isaiah is commenting here. Asks, he's basically saying, Lord, you, you did appear once before on, well, several times before, if we read through the Old Testament, but you, were, you appeared on Mount Sinai. Um, would you make another appearance? Would you show yourself again? We are so desperate. This is the, the desperate prophet. We are so desperate that the only answer to our problem is you. The only answer to our problem, God, is you. And so that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. And by the way, one of the fulfillments of this is Christ coming to earth, is the incarnation that we just celebrated at Christmas time. But but then this next, verses 2 and verse... um, uh, really, the end of verse six is what really what caught my heart. Um, but as fire burns brushwood, and I'm reading out of the New King James here, and um, as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, so make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. This is so descriptive. As fire burns, we know what that what that means. I mean, this is kindling. This is this is grass. This is very 
very tender branches, if you would, as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil. In other words, it, the water cannot resist the fire. The water can't stay dormant. It, it must respond to the flame. Um, and God, your judgment, your wrath can cause the nations to know you. <laughs> you are the answer. And the, the nations may try to resist, but they cannot resist your judgment. And make the nations to tremble at your presence. This is, this is what we're asking for an awakening. We're asking God, even though a hostile culture resists who you are, you are stronger than the culture. You are the answer to the needs of the culture, even if they push back at what would be your mercy. Verse 3, when you did awesome things for which we did not look, you came down. The mountains shook at your presence. So if we could form this into a prayer even today, it would be, God, would you work in ways that we would never expect? God, would you work in ways that, that are awesome, that are separate from human thinking? Um, we have seen in the past what you can do. It may, choose that you, it may be that you choose to do that again, but it may be that you choose to do something completely different. So you can do awesome things for which we did not look. Verse 4, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen what God, any God beside you, who acts for the one who waits for him. So this is, this is incredible. So God, mankind is blind to you. They are dead in trespasses and sins. And so, God, the only answer is for you to work. The only answer is for you to quicken. We wait for you to work. We wait for you to act. In verse 5, and this is, I mean, I, I just see in this an incredible, intense longing of the prophet who knows only God is the answer, only God can work. God, we throw ourselves at your mercy. All we can do is ask, but you are the answer. So, verse 5, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You, I love all these descriptive words, you are indeed angry, for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. So God God responds to those who come to him on his terms, not on our terms. But if that's the case, if God only can respond to those who come to him, you meet him who rejoices and does righteousness. To the prophet, it seems hopeless. It seems like this is not going to happen. The culture is too far gone, God. Um, even in verse 6, but we are like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses 
are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. What a desperation we find ourselves in this text. Um, So even in this text, Israel is described as being spiritually lifeless as a dead leaf. Okay, (laughs) dead leaf. Dead leaf on a tree ready to be blown away by even more sin, it seems. So, um, and it appears that Israel, even at this point, is not even concerned about that. So if we could go a little further, verses 7 and 8. There is no one who calls on your name, who stirs himself up to take hold of you, For you have hidden your face from us and have consumed us before our iniquities. But now, O Lord, oh, this is so sweet. Now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are potter. And all we are the work of your hand. So in desperation, in a plea for mercy, for an, an, an acknowledgement of the waywardness of Israel and the hopelessness of a culture, here is Isaiah's appeal. God, you are so amazing. You are, but now, and this is a transition, but now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. You're the creator. We're just blobs of clay. That's all we are. We're nothing. But you, amazing God, are the potter. And you can do great work. We're nothing. You can make us into something treasured and valuable. You are amazing, God. And so, could we pray to the potter today? God, could you, in your workmanship, could you salvage, could you bring an awakening to, to clay God, could you revive your work? God, you we're nothing. You're everything. We're just the clay. You're the potter. Um, yes, God, you can burn brushwood and cause water to boil. But as an amazing God, would you do a magnificent work, the work of your hand? And then, should God send awakening should God send a revival? We're going to say, this was nothing of human human origin. This is our mighty God at work. Look at what he's doing. And before I close in prayer, this poem from a section of a poem that Susan sent from the son of Leonard Ravenhill, Paul Ravenhill, describing the Welsh revival in 1904. In that chapel, the presence of God became real. Tears began to fall. And from that chapel, revival streams began to flow until Wales was shaken by the power of God, until meetings were alive with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, until lives were changed and the glory of God was revealed in hearts.